Welcome to the Compliance Perspectives Podcast. I'm Adam Turtletow from the Society of Corporate Compliance and Ethics and Healthcare Compliance Association. Joining us today from Lagos, Nigeria is Lola Adekanye. Lola is Senior Program Officer at the Center for International Private Enterprise, better known as SIPE. Uh, Lola, thanks for talking to us in the midst of your trip through Africa. Hi, thank you, Adam, and it's great to be on this podcast again. Oh, it's terrific to have you. I think of all the podcasts I've done, you're the first one with a speaker actually live in Nigeria. So it's a new frontier for us. So we're going to talk today about what's going on in Africa and, and really specifically anti-corruption risk. Um, you know, Lola, I imagine that the pandemic has had an effect on corruption there as it's had an effect on so many things everywhere. Uh, how have things changed in Africa? Uh, you know, I think the pandemic um, called all of us to a, a psychological moment of truth, you know, if you if you will, um, because this was this was a period when, you know, all the pretty much almost all the mechanisms for uh, ensuring accountability and transparency and preventing corrupt corruption and corrupt activity. Um, all of them were stretched in both public systems and private sector um, systems. Um, they were really at their weakest at this time. You know, it, it, it they were the the pandemic forced us into a period where we were in this extended indefinite period of um, either working from home for for organizations, um, for governments not understanding what to do with their budgets, and so a lot of governments, you know, we saw a lot of budget cuts to the the law enforcement agencies. Um, companies also working from home had no rules um, or had to quickly create new rules for how to manage employee fraud and, and things like that. Um, what, I th what I'm what i most uh, excited about in terms of the change, though, um, is the fact that I think we've seen more um, of a commitment from citizens and civil society uh, and employees of companies um, to promote anti-corruption and to promote integrity. Um, even though corruption risk pretty much quadrupled during the pandemic, uh, we definitely saw more whistleblowers coming out of countries like Kenya, Zimbabwe, South Africa, Nigeria, which is where you have the, you know, the, the biggest uh, post-pandemic uh, investigations into corrupt activity that that happened mostly um, around distribution and procurement of health emergent health and emergency um, supplies during the pandemic. So I'm most excited about that change where there is um, not just optimism, but there is a lot of um, you know networking across the region uh, to to encourage companies and encourage governments to do more meaningful anti-corruption interventions. And, I, and I'm excited about where that could lead us. Yeah, that's very exciting. It's also encouraging seeing more people being willing to come forward and reporting issues. Now, let's look at sort of the you know less rosy side of things. Where are you seeing anti-corruption risk rising? Mm, that, that's an interesting question because I think where we saw anti-corruption risks or corruption risks rising during the pandemic was was like I was saying in the you know in the distribution and, and procurement of um, emergency supplies and you know uh, vaccines and health supplies and test kits. Um, 
One that's less talked about also is we did see a lot of corruption risk in the transportation sector, um, where you know there were restrictions on travel, but there you know there were lots of folks who could get around. Um, they only had to pay ridiculous prices for for their trips, um, and and you know some of that was bribery, and and this is where you saw private sector or commercial bribery, you know, paying to um, private sector organizations. Um, but now that things are settling, um, that trend, the opportunity for corruption in those spaces have sort of, you know, fallen back to, to what they were before. And, and my best, um, you know, response from, from a very uh, uh, professional or, or, you know, experience-oriented um, perspective really is that's dependent on industry. Um, so the risk is different depending on what industry um, companies are in. Um, in certain industries, I'll give you an example, pharmaceuticals, um, we are definitely seeing, you know, higher risk. Pharmaceuticals and the healthcare, healthcare sector. And we're doing some work around that in Nigeria. Um, in the fast-moving consumer goods space where, you know, you need licenses, um, we're not seeing that much risk anymore, uh, not because the risk isn't there or anything, but th there's a lot of scrutiny in some countries. Um, and again, being, being you know, cognizant of the fact that there's a lot of reform activity going on in a few countries, Nigeria, uh, um, Ghana, for example, uh, Angola even. Um, but there are also countries that are, you know, still working through these challenges, even some of them that have fallen back a little bit like Botswana. Um, so, yeah, not, not a very specific, here's where to look, but a very calculated, um, it, it's, it's based on the industry and what's happening in that business environment. Well, industry-specific risk is something certainly everybody's gotten used to. I mean, profiles vary dramatically in certain areas have long had a history of being much more susceptible to corruption than others. And sadly, I think that'll continue. So let's mm -hmm. drill down a little. What schemes should companies be aware of that have high probability of being tied to corruption? Mm -hmm. and, and so that's an excellent question, actually. Um, Again, this, this is industry specific, but um, there are some that are just, regardless of the industry and of the times, this is, this is a common risk across more than five countries at any given time that you, you sort of look, right? And one of them is um, government procurement and even commercial and private sector procurement. Um, collusion and price fixing is often something that happens a lot, uh, paying kickbacks, even World Bank financed and Africa, uh, AFDB financed projects experience this as well, where more than 70% of the um, companies that are sanctioned would be sanctioned because of um, unethical practices uh, involving or at the procurement stage or, or the bidding stage. So that's always a very uh, key place to look. Um, the second one that's often not talked about a lot, especially for companies that are not regulated companies according to uh, anti-money laundering regulations is, is right there in, in the area of money laundering. And you also see trade-based money laundering, um, you know, coming up as, as a major challenge. Um, the Africa 
continental free trade area that's going to, you know, create a huge market in the region um, requires us to pay more attention to to this, you know, and, and companies to know a whole lot more about their money laundering risks because they are there. Um, a, a lot of a lot more companies will be going in. Our countries will be going into recession. Nigeria certainly is in in a, a very about seventeen percent inflation rate, um, and and so that risk only goes up. Um, you know, the more pressure and the more strained companies are for accessing um, foreign exchange, right? So that that's that's those are that's a second area that companies hardly pay attention to because perhaps they're not a regulated entity in in the in the context of anti-money laundering regulations. Um, other than that, there are other risks that continue to go up in other re, uh, in other industries, and so I'm always very keen to like make sure that companies drill down into the specific kinds of risks in their various industries. Well, the amount of variation is incredible, and it is interesting as anti-money laundering gets attention in general to be, for organizations to be much more aware of it, even if they wouldn't think they could get caught up in it. Now, what do you expect to happen in the fight against corruption over the next five years there? Uh, this is so, I tell you, Adam, I'm very excited about watching this one in in, in Africa because um, in a certain sense, I think there, there will be a collusion of two um, forces, you know, and, and one of that is mostly authoritarian regimes or regimes that are governments that are, you know, familiar with the status quo of high levels of corruption. And um, the other force is this just resilient young people and institutions connecting, innovating, and coming up with more meaningful ways to hold uh, governments and companies accountable. Um, in Ghana, we're seeing the government is responding to this pressure and, you know, in doing more around investigating companies for even tax evasion. That's not something that we did um, a lot of work around or governments did a lot uh, about in, in the region. Uh, Kenya also investigating more companies more recently. Uh, Nigeria has been doing that. If you saw the JP Morgan um, chase case that uh, you know that was in in the UK courts recently. Even though you know the country didn't win, but they're fired up uh, to continue to hold companies accountable. Um, and so I see that you know some governments are responding to the pressure uh, to do more around anti-corruption, um, but there are also countries where we've seen um, you know a rollback of freedoms because those freedoms have enabled young people and civil civil society to to demand more meaningful accountability and 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 transparency from from governments. So I'm excited because I think that this uh, you know optimism and and innovation and and just the passion that young people are showing across the uh, region. I I feel that this will drive some um, you know meaningful reforms in the coming years. Nigeria has an election. Kenya uh, has an election coming up in August. Um, and again, Kenya is a good example because one of the major candidates has a running mate who has been a long time advocate for anti-corruption. It doesn't happen so um, often that, you know, someone who's, who's very well known for, for um, you know, strengthening the rule of law and pushing back on corruption, it gets selected for such a high office in the region. Um, so I think that we will see a real pull towards 
meaningful anti-corruption reforms and more responsibility from investors and companies um, to not encourage corruption and to you know influence uh, the business environment towards more integrity. And that, that's, that's exciting for me because it means all the groundwork SIPE has been doing in uh, promoting programs like Ethics First and the Africa Business Integrity Network, it means they are now ripe uh, for, for young businesses and, and even you know, institutional businesses to, to take advantage of um, in, in supporting this effort towards uh, uh, anti-corruption in the region. Well, I love ending a podcast on a hopeful note, and it certainly sounds like there is much reason to be optimistic there. So, Lola, thank you for taking the time away from your travels to talk to us today. I want to thank all of you for taking the time to listen. I'm Adam Chertoltaup from SCCE and ATCA. I hope we're able to expand your compliance perspective.